Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Reading from chapter 1, beginning at verse 39. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Well, good evening. It is a tremendous joy for my wife, Meg, and to be, to be back with you all. My, how you've grown. <laughs> it's wonderful. And it's so great to see you in this beautiful new worship space. You've done such lovely work adorning it. Um, my, my heartiest congratulations to you all. I know there's been a lot of work done in this building, the atrium and the offices and all the rest. And I understand all of you were rolling up your sleeves and chipping in. Well done. Well done. Um, I want again publicly to give thanks to God for the ministry of your leaders. Uh, to Liz, who today begins her ministry officially as rector of this church, now that you've grown to be recognized as a congregation. Um, Liz preached at our big annual gathering of our diocese that we call a synod when we voted uh, incarnation to become a congregation. And um, at her sermon was, was just spectacular, which I know is no surprise to any of you. But Liz, I just want to thank you for your wise and caring leadership, your faithful, sacrificial ministry and service to the people of God. Thank you so very much. Liz also serves um, along with Jeff Walton on the, uh, what we call the standing committee of our diocese, which is like the vestry of the whole diocese, and I just treasure their, um, their wisdom and, and, and counsel. And to um, Morgan and Amy, um, and to the, there's David, who's also in our ordination process, and to the staff team, and indeed to the vestry, and all of you who, who serve in this, this congregation I'm just so grateful for you all, and you're doing a tremendous job. It's really a wonderful thing. Uh, I bring you greetings from our Archbishop, um, Archbishop Foley Beach of the Anglican Church in North America. Um, he's been overseas, and I texted him yesterday and told him what I was, told him what I was doing today, and he sends his, his warm uh, congratulations and greetings to you all. Well, as we turn to the Word of God, let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, use and overrule my words and all our thoughts so that your word alone may be spoken and your word alone heard through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, you are in a sermon series called Heaven and Nature Sings drawing on that memorable phrase from Joy to the World. And 
it's obviously a joyous day today as we celebrate Liz's ministry and as this wonderful group of folks are confirmed and received and who reaffirm their, their faith. Last week, Liz spoke about Isaiah's song as he prophesied about the child who would one day be born, the son who would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And today we heard the song of Elizabeth. Now, I'm sure it's just a coincidence, but isn't it nice to hear Elizabeth's song on the Sunday her namesake (laughs) is instituted as, as rector? Well, from Luke's gospel, we heard the account of two mothers and their babies. Elizabeth, the older woman, who has in her womb the one we call John the Baptist, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, carrying in her womb the Son of God. Wonderful artwork up there depicting the encounter between the two. Only slightly stylized uh, infants infants in the womb. Uh, But you may well be familiar with the story, but let me again set it in context. Elizabeth and her husband Zechariah have not been able to have children. They were quite elderly. Zechariah was a priest, and one day while he was on duty in the temple, the angel Gabriel appeared to him and told him that in answer to his prayer, his wife would bear a son, and the child was to be named John. He would be a joy and a delight to his parents. Many would rejoice at his birth. He would be great in the sight of the Lord. And he'd be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. But Zechariah doubted the message and said to the angel, How how will I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. One of those little tactful scriptural phrases. (laughs) And for his failure to believe, his failure to trust in God's word, Zechariah was told by the angel, now you will be silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place. Because you didn't believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Well, Zechariah's rotation serving in the temple came to an end. And then, silenced by God, he returned home to Elizabeth, and she conceived, and in her joy, she said, the Lord has done this for me. Then the scene shifts six months later to the town of Nazareth, and this time it's the young Mary who is visited by the angel Gabriel. Gabriel greets Mary as the one who has found favor with God. Don't be afraid, he told her, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. And Mary, just overwhelmed, said, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and therefore the child that will be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And then the angel told Mary about Elizabeth's pregnancy. 
And the angel said, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month of this woman who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Mary said yes to God. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. But take particular note of what Mary did next. She immediately arose and went to this, her older relative, Elizabeth. She went to support Elizabeth in the final trimester of her pregnancy. How loving, how caring. In spite of the fact that Mary was facing a crisis pregnancy, in spite of morning sickness and no doubt feeling very vulnerable, Mary went to serve. And one cannot help but think that the older Elizabeth offered wise counsel and support to her younger cousin as Mary worked through her encounter with the angel and the whole idea of bearing the Son of God. It's a wonderful picture of discipleship, isn't it? The older woman and the younger one, both giving what they had, both receiving what they needed. Elizabeth and Mary invite us to ask ourselves, who do I turn to? Who am I asking to disciple me to greater maturity? And who am I discipling? Who am I encouraging? Who am I pouring my life into? And we read, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. That was again John the Baptist who leaped in his mother's womb. And it's vitally important to note that the unborn John is being called in Scripture a baby. In the original Greek of Luke's gospel, it's brephos. And that same word is used in the very next chapter to describe baby Jesus after birth. Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 16, they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, brephos, lying in a manger. And years later, during Jesus' ministry, the same word brephos is used for the children Jesus blessed. In Luke chapter 18, they were bringing infants to him that he might touch them. God's words makes clear that it was a baby in Elizabeth's womb, a baby in Mary's. Luke was a physician, and he understood the details about pregnancy, and he often used medical terms in his gospel. One scholar has counted over 300 medical terms used in Luke's gospel. Luke knew what a baby was, born or unborn. John the Baptist, now six months along in the womb, recognized Jesus as the incarnate Lord, even if it wasn't touchdown John the Baptist there. I mean, it's just such a wonderful image. <laughs> Jesus is on the throne and John the Baptist is, is, is praising. I love it. Elizabeth says to Mary, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. You know, even in his mother's womb, John the Baptist has begun his prophetic ministry. He's preparing the way for the Lord. This week, our 
son, Michael, uh, sent Meg and me a 3D sonogram picture of our youngest grandson, who is nearly six months along, just approaching that final trimester in the womb of his mother, Tracy. Seeing that amazing picture with his facial features, his fingers so very clear, it makes so real to me the beauty and the significance of John the Baptist at that same early age, moved by the Holy Spirit, Mm. leaping in worshipful recognition of Jesus his Savior. And then Elizabeth, herself filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out to Mary, blessed are you among women, blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the babe in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now, when Elizabeth says to Mary, blessed are you among women, she's not equating Mary with Jesus or somehow implying that Mary is also a redeemer of sinful humanity. You know, Mary goes on in her own song that I think Morgan will talk about next week, um, that song we call the Magnificat, to speak of her own need for a savior. The reason Mary is so blessed is that the child she will bear is the incarnate Son of God. But tonight, would you take particular note of Elizabeth's humility? She honors Mary's place over hers. And she honors Jesus' place over her own son, John. How attractive is true humility? Are you able to affirm in others what you see God doing in their lives? Not giving gratuitous flattery, but freely and without jealousy, recognizing where the Lord is at work in their character, in their actions, in their successes. How blessed it is to bless how God is moving in the life of someone else more than in our own. How blessed it is to bless how God is gifting someone else's child more than our own. One of those who demonstrated that humility to me early on was the Reverend Ken McGowan. Ken was a graduate of Harvard Law School And he served for over 25 years as lawyer for Admiral Hiram Rickover, known as the father of the nuclear navy. Rickover was a man of no small ego. (laughs) And yet Ken thrived in that environment. And at the peak of his remarkable career, Ken said yes to God's call to ministry. He'd been a founding member of Church of the Apostles in Fairfax, And he had led their entire small group ministry when they had over 2,000 people in church on Sunday. Um, Ken headed off to seminary when he was in his late 50s. I, on the other hand, was the young, still very wet behind the ears, vicar of a tiny mission church. And Ken came to serve with me as a summer seminarian. 
He was more than twice my age. But graciously, willingly, he served that summer. And then he graduated and was ordained deacon, and he came on board as my full-time assistant. Ken knew more about church and leadership than I had ever dreamed of at that point. Yet he served so humbly. He constantly encouraged me. He constantly honored my leadership. He died this year at age 96. And at his funeral, what joy was expressed over his life because he always found joy in what God was doing in others. Elizabeth's song models for us the godly humility of one who delights when God blesses other people. In the next day or two, could you make a point of following her example by intentionally encouraging someone, strengthening them, building them up, not by putting yourself down, but by honoring what you see God doing in their life, even if you think it's more than what he's doing in yours. May God ever give us his grace that we may reject resentment and jealousy and always rejoice in the Lord's blessings and gifts and favor in the lives of others. Amen.